Welcome to the Stop, Drop, and Glow podcast, navigating life and wellness to achieve the ultimate glow up. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diana. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Stop, Drop, and Glow podcast. Today I am sitting with Erica Castro. Hello. Welcome, Erica. Thank you. So me and Erica met in college at the tender age of 18. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And um, we became really good friends there. And with it being Mental Health Awareness Month, I wanted to bring her in because she is really transparent online about her journey with mental health and amongst other things. Um, And you guys will really get a little scope into that as we develop today's episode. But thank you again for joining me, Erica. And we have Erica's boyfriend sitting in. He's not gonna chime in, but I just wanna give you a little shout out, Desmond, say hello. Hello, hello. (laughs) And I actually have my boyfriend, Raymond, joining in today, say hello. hello. All right, so we have some spectators, but today's all about Erica, so. I'm gonna give you the floor and just go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay. Who are you and what do you do? Awesome, so my name is Erica and as Elizabeth said, um, we met back in college. I studied sociology and with that degree, I decided to go in a different direction. Um, ever since my first job um, has always been in education. I started off as a tutor and then transitioned into a mentor and that slowly transitioned into then summer programs, after school programs so far. Um, and then that led me into going into the Blackstone where I got my first job in Boston Public Schools five years ago. I started as a paraprofessional. Okay. Then I transitioned into a second grade teacher and I am currently a community field coordinator. So I mainly work with our families, after school programs and school partners. Perfect. That is that is long-winded <laughs> description. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your time in education? You said you've been there five years at your current um, school. How has it been? Um, what what are some takeaways you have? Most definitely, it definitely has opened my eyes to understand what's really important in education. Yes, it's important for us to have great teachers, it's important to us to have strong administration, but we need to make sure that the people that we're surrounding our children with and our students with care and actually want to put in the effort and build those relationships. Um, Something that has been slacking in education for a very long time that I've realized with my relationship with my students is that they don't get to connect with the adults in the building. They go in, they do what they have to do, and they go home. So we need to make sure that we're getting to know our students. We're making them feel heard. We're making them feel important. And that's what's going to lead for them to be successful in schools. They're not going to want to learn from somebody that they hate yeah. or somebody that they are bored of. Or they're going to want to be like, oh, hey, Miss Castro, let's do that dance again we did the other day. Okay, we'll do that for two minutes. And then in five minutes, we're going to, and after the two minutes are up for five minutes, we're going to do math. Yeah. They're going to be like, cool, we'll do that. And after that, can we do another break? Yeah. Yes, we can. So we got to make sure that we are pulling the students in, in, every way that we can possibly yeah like making it dynamic (laughs) yeah like making it dynamic make sure that you're being engaging um i know you mentioned did you teach second grade was it before you went into administration can you tell me a little bit about that oh second grade (laughs) um second grade is actually one of my favorite grades because once they hit third grade you have to start getting them ready for the mcas and Mm -hmm. Uh, that's all business talk yeah that's not fun to me and then first grade they're still little I don't want to clean your snot I don't want to tie your (laughs) shoes I don't want to do none of that second grade you know how to tie your shoes you're blowing your own nose I don't have to take you to the bathroom and you are still 
have that innocence where you're like, what are we going to learn today? Yeah. Like, you come in and you're like, it's fun intrigued. Like, you want to know more. You're not no longer disconnected and kind of like, too cool for school. Because now third graders are third graders going on high schoolers. Like, yeah. they're adults. Like, they don't care. They, they are not, kids aren't kids anymore. Mm-hmm. So in second grade, you get them right before they decide to change and turn into mini adults running around the building. Because mm-hmm. elementary schools feel more like middle school each and every day. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you for agreeing with that. (laughs) And I'm wondering, what was the transition like when you went from teacher in the classroom Mm -hmm. to kind of like, I don't want to say behind the scenes, but like outside of the classroom, behind the scenes, like doing all the the work in admin? Okay, so my first two years as a paraprofessional, I actually worked in second grade. Okay. So the teachers that I worked with kind of inspired me to be like, I can do this. And so then I decided I took my MTELs. A little secret, I was actually not a licensed teacher. Mm-hmm. I was a substitute teacher for the okay. whole school year. But okay. I say I'm a second grade. I was a teacher because Valid. I was there from September to June. For sure. Um, and it was hard. And I'm the kind of person, I'm a busy body. Mm-hmm. So I felt trapped. Like, mm-hmm. it was great to have 20 solid students that, like, knew you and you knew them. And you had that connection. But I felt trapped in the classroom. Yeah. I wanted more. And I like I liked interacting with family. Yeah. Um, so then my next year, I got the opportunity with a new admit with a new principal to go into this position. I went up to him. I was like, listen, I think that we need a community field coordinator position. And he was like, why? I was like, well, you need somebody that's going to build this bridge between our families and our students. And I think that I'd be a good person for this. I've been at the school for three years and I have great relationships with our families. Mm-hmm. And once he agreed to add the position into the school, um, I kind of took it and ran. Yeah. He didn't know what to do with me, and I was like, "Don't worry about it. I'll figure out. Where, it where, I'll figure out where I'm gonna fall." So now I'm in charge of um, scheduling teachers, uh, making sure our dad school database called Aspen is up to par. Like I have to be the person enrolling students. I have to go. I go to parent council meetings. I'm at our after school meetings. I'm at before school programs. I'm in charge of all of our school events. I'm in charge of all of the um, announcements that go out. I create a monthly calendar and. I realized that the more administrative work plus being able to interact with the students throughout the day is like the perfect balance of what I'm looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like that you basically kind of were just like, okay, I've gotten a feel for X, Y, and Z, and then you literally just created your own space mm-hmm. in the building and in the administrative pyramid, kind of. Yes. So I really like that. Um, and it's very, very... Um, I'll call it badass. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, so congratulations. And um, completing, or we're almost completing the school year now, where would you say you want to take um, your further educational-related and career uh, paths? So great question. If you had asked me this, when did we hit, go to the Cheesecake Factory? Like three <laughs> months ago? Yeah, like a couple months ago. So a couple months ago, I would have said, I'm going to start going into administration and I'm going to get my master's in leadership and, yeah. and I'm going to get my license. Yeah. Change your mind. I changed my mind. In three months? In Whoa. Three months. Okay. Um, so what are you feeling now? I think I'm Not gonna, to put any pressure. If you don't no, know, you can no, say no you don't pressure, know. No pressure because I've been thinking more about getting my master's in psychology. Okay. And giving myself the freedom of, if I end up with a master's in administration, I'm kind of putting limiting. I'm limiting myself versus a master's in psychology, probably like something like family psychology or behavioral psychology. It will continue to push me 
into learning what roles I can do that will give me the same uh, flexibility that I created for myself in this position because unfortunately there was a budget cut so my position was eliminated from the okay. from the school that I work at that's why I will be going to a new school in September doing a similar um, position doing a similar different title because Boston Public Schools does that a lot like they'll have a lot of different titles for a lot of things in that general, are the same your thing? title doesn't really mean anything because it's whatever your principal wants you to do yeah okay or whatever you convince your principal would be great to do yeah <laughs> which is what I did and I plan on continuing doing because you know yeah. that's telling me what to do. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm gonna go into psychology so that I can continue b- building those connections with the students. Like mm-hmm. I really want to know the kids, mm-hmm. and I want to be able to like use that to my advantage and make sure that they're doing what they need to do. Awesome. Do you think that you would consider being like a, a school psychologist or some sort of mediator? Yeah, I've actually thought about that more. I became, at this school year, I became much closer to the school psychologist at the school. Mm-hmm. And she's amazing. Like, she knows so much. And it's just, it's so great to see, especially in crisis, um, when there are students that are in crisis to be able to have somebody that just knows immediately what to do without any doubt in their mind versus, because there's a lot of cri- students in crisis or children yeah. in crisis. Like yeah. in 2019, our kids are in crisis. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of semi-inevitable. Like yeah. I don't want to freak anyone out, but like <laughs> we live in a very scary world. So yeah. mental health and making sure that you're good, especially starting from a young age and giving you those tools that you need from a young age. Yeah. Like that's, that's what caused my attention. Like I want to give kids the tools that they need to be able to communicate and, and just be mentally healthy. Yeah. Our adults, because right now there's a whole bunch of adults that are trying to get help, which I know we're going to talk about therapy later on, but like a lot of adults now trying to get help when they could have just been given the tools from jump yeah. and not have to go through this whole process of oh my god I have all these issues and baggage now let me go to therapy yeah. and try to figure it out at the age of 27 sorting it yeah. out yeah you know okay well you said later but we're gonna jump right in kind of switch gears so I know that you're you're a great advocate for therapy so I was just wondering can you tell us about how you started to look into therapy and finally made the decision to go or enroll I don't even know what the terminology is when you decide yeah. to sign up <laughs> make an appointment <laughs> with them um, but yeah kind of just like what trigger you're like I'm ready for this and I'm ready to to sit down with someone and like talk which can be really uncomfortable so yeah kind of tell us about that moment where you were like okay let's do this so funny i hated therapy at first because my first experience in therapy was when i was eight okay and it was because my parents were divorcing and my mom was like we're going to family therapy i was like sure yeah do i have a choice (laughs) no we had no choice the lady sucked yeah she was basically like everything's gonna be fine what do you need me to do and i was like what is this? Yeah. I don't know what this is and I don't like it. And then it was forced. Mm-hmm. So that's not good. And so then after that, when I was at college, my sophomore year, I decided to start looking for a therapist because I felt like I had a lot going on. Like when we were first in a manual, like you probably don't know, but like a lot of people, I, I was like, this is my chance to be a new Erica. Mm-hmm. Instead of being Erica, I tried yeah. to be a new Erica. In yeah. College. That just, created a whole slew of issues okay. and I was like all right I need to go get some help that lady was great I was with her for about six months and then I ended up inviting because I have a lot of family issues so I ended up inviting my mom and she ruined it she basically cussed out my therapist and again okay. that was another negative 
Yeah. Very bad experience. experience. Yeah. So then now, um, I've been with my therapist for a little over a year, and the way that I found her was, again, I felt like I was going through a deep depression again. Um, I've come in and out of depression a lot and have a lot of anxiety issues. And I found her on Psychology Today. Okay. And um, you just go on there. It's online. You either match it by location or your insurance, however you'd like. And I did it through insurance and location, and she's very close to my job. I had a consultation, which was free. And after that, I just felt like a connection. I felt comfortable, and I've okay. been with her over a year ever since. Okay. How was the consultation? I'm curious because do mm-hmm. they ask you like kind of generic questions to see how did you how did you see that you guys were gonna mesh well? Yeah. So um, with the several consultations that I've had, because she wasn't, I, I had actually had a consultation with three other people prior to her. Okay. Um. So what they most therapists have are like this questionnaire, ge- very generic questionnaires. Mm-hmm. Uh, why are you here? Why do you think you're here? What's your family history? What's your history? Um, just very generic questions to get okay. to know you. And with her, it was like, my goal is to figure out how we're going to make sure that you're always getting what you want to make you happy. Yeah. And as soon as she said that, I was like, you're the person I'm looking for because my issue is I don't know. I'm not, a, okay, I don't want to say, well, I'm unhappy. Mm-hmm. I, I can say that today, as of today. Yeah. And I need to learn how to voice what I want mm-hmm. and live my life the way that I want to judgment mm-hmm. free. And that's why I'm in therapy. Yeah. Um, so as soon as she said that we are going to try figuring out what you want, I felt instantly like comfortable. And we've been able to repair my relationship with my mom. Yeah. I hadn't spoken to her. Me and her weren't talking. Like, we you, we asked Desmond. We've been in the same room, and it'd be an argument. Um, and it's to the point now where I call her every day. Yeah. That you, I, well, I can't tell you. Night and day. Night and day. I can't tell you when that happened. Yeah. Of course, that, like, it took time. Like, I had conversations with my mom. My mom's now in therapy because I've spoken to her about how much she's worked with me. My sister's now in therapy because of how much I told her I worked for her. My aunt's now in therapy. Yeah. I feel as though, like, I'm in therapy now, so now I can make sure that everyone else is okay because yeah. I'm working on myself, mm-hmm. so now I can help others work on themselves. You're like a therapy fairy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. And my mom's oh, yeah. great now. She's yeah. like... Um, I mean, TMI or whatever, but she was put on, like, antidepressants eventually, mm-hmm. and, like, she's off of them now. Yeah. She, she's, like, night and day. She's a brand new person. Come to find out she's the closest. She, she's been more honest with us, and she's like, you guys don't understand. Like, I was depressed when mm-hmm. I was raising you guys. I was suicidal. Like, yeah. depression is a disease. Mm-hmm. And if you're being raised, you know what I mean? Like, depression is around you. And it's, I don't want to say it's contagious. That's not the right word to use, but, like, just look if you look around you're gonna probably make eye contact with somebody who's depressed without even knowing like, yeah it, that's it, a really good visual that, yeah it's it's more common than you think it is yeah. and i just want to like people to really keep that in mind mm-hmm. like even i myself i forget sometimes that i'm going through my stuff and i yeah. automatically assume that everybody around me is okay and i'm the only one it's like no that's not the case everybody has stuff that they're dealing with and you you don't know you just you don't know that's good. I really like that. Um, when did you decide that you were like comfortable enough to acknowledge mm-hmm. and accept that and be like vulnerable enough to share it with social media? Because that's kind of mm-hmm. where, um, like, I found out about it. 
Um, and like I, we obviously we met in college, and right. I I knew you were going through a lot um, at the time where we kind of like drifted apart. Um, and I knew that it was a lot weighing on you. Um, and then I was like, oh my god, like she's being so brave, like she's like talking about this on her social media, because um, you know like it can be something that's like quote unquote frowned upon. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like kind of like what were the steps, or like how did you finally decide you're like I'm comfortable with acknowledging this, and like I'm gonna tell the rest of the world that like they're not alone, kind of. Yeah. Well, first of all, I was cringing when I was when I decided to hit post. I yeah. was like, oh my God, people are going to read this and think I'm like a crazy person because like depression, what is depression? Depression mm-hmm. is like taboo. It's a big no-no. I'm like looking for the post. Yeah, I actually went on it. today. <laughs> awesome. And like, I was just thinking like, Erica, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you could do something here, um, if you could do something at least make it known to people that you're going through something and that they're not alone either. Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted to almost see if anybody else would be like, oh my God, me too, girl. Yeah. And like, I did. I got some, I got some replies back and it was like, uh, me too. And it was from people that I was just like, what? Yeah. Like, I work up to you. Yeah. And you're going through just as much of a hot mess as I am. And, um, at that point, I had been really big into fitness. So I was, fitness kind of like helps me a lot with my mental health because mm-hmm. of course like you work out and then you get endorphins and then you're in a good mood so like it, it, it gives you like that high that yeah. you need um and I was just like let me see if some if if somebody's gonna respond and be like like I said I don't know I don't know what was going through my head that day but I just but it worked yeah like <laughs> I decided to put like what is depression and was it what is anxiety and I put the definition and I'm not gonna read it but, or just kidding, I'm going to read it. Is yeah, go okay? ahead. Okay. Go ahead and read it, girl. So depression is a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, and how you act. Um, depression causes feelings of sadness and or a loss of interest in activities once enjoyed. It can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and can decrease a person's ability to function at work and at home. So I also... With that being said, I also want people to keep in mind that depression comes in different forms. Mm-hmm. Depression doesn't look one way. Yeah. Um, and depression for me has always been a mask, is the way that I look at it. Is yeah. A lot of people always describe me, that's funny, you were like, um, I'm so brave. Yeah. And everybody says, you're so friendly and smiley, and yeah. you're so this and that. That's my mask. Yeah. And I take it off as soon as I get home. Mm-hmm. And that smile isn't the same when I get mm-hmm. home. And I'm drained. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to smile and laugh and pretend like I'm in a good mood 24-7. Yeah, for sure. You know? And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. So, I don't know. I just... Something came over me that day. And I was yeah. like, let me see who, who, who reaches out. No, but it's still good. <laughs> um, and it's good to practice that discomfort. Yes. Which I think can be really much of an aid yeah. as you keep furthering on. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about therapy in mm-hmm. as being a Latina or being mm-hmm. in the Latino community. Because I feel like we were actually watching um, The Shy, which okay. is... You watch it? I haven't. I, oh, okay. No, we don't know. Yeah, okay. no, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but we've been watching it, and in the, in the show, the little boy who's gone through, obviously, some crisis and trauma, mm-hmm. he's going to see a therapist, and he's like... Keisha, which is his sister, Keisha, therapy's for white people. 
And that really, like, it keeps replaying in my head, and I'm like, oh my god, like, that's really, like, a stigma and an idea that people have about therapy. And, like, in the movies, like, well, in this show, they don't even show the therapist. I'm like, probably because it's going to be a white lady. Like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, but I really, I was even telling Raymond, I'm like, Latinos will be like, hablale a Dios, mija. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Ora, which is great, which is great. But sometimes yeah. you need to vocalize that. But mm-hmm. I really just wanted to kind of take a moment to talk about what you think, like, the Latino community views on, on therapy and, like, going to therapy and, like, is it bad, is it good? Like, what are your opinions as a Dominican and as Absolutely. a Latina? I think it's, like, a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. More so negative than positive because you go up to somebody, like, my aunt at first, she was like... Tu ta loca. Tu ta loca, ponte a you know, Dios, Dios, God is always listening. Like, you just, just pray every morning. You'll be fine. And I was like, lady, no, I'm not fine. Yeah. Like, you don't understand. I'm not okay. And it's like, in the Latino community, I feel like both the Latino and African-American community is more, mm-hmm. for, more so men than anything. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Like, women, it doesn't matter whether in our community, whether it's taboo or whatever, women are more especially latina american yeah to be specific because i mean i need to be honest with so my identity like yeah. it's okay to go to therapy mm-hmm. it's okay to go and ask for help but when you are a male mm-hmm. you're not that's not something that you do something that you're allowed to do something that you're comfortable doing mm-hmm. something that you would be like why are you talking about your feelings man like uh because we all have issues and we all have to get it off our chest and we all have to know how to communicate our feelings mm-hmm. and know how to effectively um, put put the name on our feelings. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I didn't know how to tell you how I felt. Yeah. Most people, most adults are going to be like, I don't know how to tell you that I'm annoyed. Yeah. I can't. If yeah. I'm annoyed, I do not know how to tell you. You are annoying me right now. Yeah. I'm going to keep my mouth shut and say nothing. Yeah. So it's also not only, not only therapy is taboo but expressing how you feel is taboo mm-hmm. also as a woman mm-hmm. Dominican woman because mm-hmm. I was grown up to be strong mm-hmm. and especially as um, you, you would know as well as a single mom Dominican mom mm-hmm. raising first generation American kids you just like buck up and keep it pushing exactly yeah so I don't know if that really like answered the question or like no, it definitely covered some really good points. Um, <laughs> but yeah, re- I really was like bringing it up because I thought it'd be a good um, mm-hmm. kind of like perspective to bring into the conversation because like you said, like it is very, very taboo. Right. Um, and I even like that you you broke it down almost by like gender, mm-hmm. background, like it was lovely. And also just one more. Um, it's also, what makes it also difficult is that there aren't many therapists of color. Mm-hmm. So my therapist is white. Yeah. This very nice Jewish lady. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm getting to the point where I no longer want her as my therapist because there are issues that when I touch on them, yeah. she'll be like, oh, that's a cultural thing. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's deeper than just a cultural thing and you won't understand it because you're just going to keep calling it a cultural issue. It's deeper than a cultural. Yes, it's yeah. a cultural issue specific to my upbringing, but don't just push it aside. Dismiss, as, that, as, yeah. dismiss it as some, just that. Yeah. Um, so that's also something. But again, psychology today. So psychology.com. Psychologytoday.com. Just look on there. You can say you don't want somebody who's white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because when you look at the pictures, you're like, okay, like, 
do I want to sit in front of this uh, instead of Edith here? Like, I know, right? So, um, I mean... So that is interesting in, in how with with the number of people who need the service mm-hmm. and the people offering the service, it can definitely create a very large gap. Um, but you got to take what you can get sometimes, as, you, as you have. Yep. <laughs> um, but more to come on that because you may be switching Because <laughs> I may be switching, yep. <laughs> um, but I'm wondering what have been the most helpful aspects about attending therapy? For me right now, it's um, understanding how I feel and being comfortable with how I feel. Because mm-hmm. I personally dismiss my own feelings all the time. I'll be like, uh, uh, Elizabeth, the way you stand is annoying me. I won't say anything. Five years down the line, I'm probably going to blow up on you. And yeah. you're going to be like, what is her issue? Yeah. It's like, no, this has been bothering me for five years. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, because that's exactly what happened with my mom. I had to be like, you need to understand that these behaviors that you do mm-hmm. trigger, trigger me. To give me anxiety. Yeah. And to make me feel judged and mm-hmm. make me feel not comfortable speaking around you. Mm-hmm. Finally, when she under- once I communicated in a calm way, not, hey, que tu mami, tu molesta mucho, yelling at her, and you know, she, she giving she'll her She'll yell right back. She'll <laughs> yell right back, and just fire, fire. It's like, I learned how to calmly take a deep breath, even if my heart is racing at 100 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna keep pushing, and I told her, and now we communicate, like it's nothing, and it's like, it's not perfect. Like, don't don't think that therapy is, is like a one day thing. It's it. Yes, I fixed my relationship with my mom, but I still don't talk to my sister. Okay. Like, I still have my own personal personal issues. Like, my I don't think I'm the prettiest person. Like, people can say, "Oh, she's so cute." Oh my god, you No, I don't see what you see. I, I think you're so cute. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Like, but it it is it, uncomfortable to say it loud because it's not like I'm saying it. Or some people tell me, like, oh, you're just saying that because you want me to make to, it. Yeah, no, no, keep... I'm saying it because this is how I genuinely feel. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable and make anybody feel like they need to make me feel better. Yeah. I'm like, shower you myself. with attention. You don't need exactly. to do that. But this is the reality and this is the truth and this is who I am and you're going to take it or you're going to leave it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to feel comfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. So if you don't feel comfortable, you can exit. Yeah. Because I need, I, right now, I'm working on me. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I like that. Um, so I know you talked a lot about how therapy has helped you mend relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think it's helped you grow more as a person, grow more confident? And could you just talk a little bit about that? Uh, yes, I think it, it has. could even be like, right. You know, prof- like being more confident in how you deliver at work or just I didn't want to limit it to oh, be just no, confidence and self-esteem. Like, there's so many elements in your life where you can be exuding positive. I don't think it has made me more confident. Okay. I think it had it has helped me deal with my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And that's step one. Because there's a lot of, it, it's crazy the amount of things that give me anxiety, mm-hmm. give me that feeling of, like, I got something in my throat. Like, I could be at work in a meeting, and it's time for me to say my point of view and say something. And I'd be like, just because I feel a knot in my throat, my heart's racing, and my stomach's starting to hurt little bubbles, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I decide not to say nothing, and I say, you know, like, I don't have nothing to share. Yeah. 
but I have like, and then two seconds later we go around the room and the person sitting across the room says exactly what I was just about to say. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, Erica. Yeah. All because you did not feel comfortable enough saying it. Somebody else said exactly what you were about to say. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning not to let my physical symptoms mm-hmm. of anxiety take take over mm-hmm. a situation. And eat, like it's right before we started the podcast, like my heart, like physically, like I wish, like I don't want to put everybody's hands on my chest, but like <laughs> my hand, like you could probably feel it, yeah. like how hard my heart was yeah. beating. And like once we started, you made me feel so comfortable. Yeah. So thank you. Yay. <laughs> um, but I don't think um, that's what it's helped me with. It has helped me. Uh, what is they said? Feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Be um, be comfortable feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. That's what I'm learning how to do. That's good. Uh, can you tell us some of the steps that you took aside from therapy to kind of take control and just be more com- comfortable understanding like, okay, I have anxiety mm-hmm. and or I have depression or like I'm just not feeling it today. Some steps. I know you talked about fitness and you can tell us a little bit about how you incorporated that or if mm-hmm. anything else at all. Journaling. Journaling. Okay, Journaling. Nice. I don't do it every day, but... Um, especially at work um, because I've been having some uh, word vomit at work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I carry a little notebook with me, so whenever I feel like cussing someone out, I write it down. Okay. Saying it out loud. Uh Um, And at home, I've been trying to journal at home because even if you're not going to say it to someone, you need to get it off your chest because if not, it's just going to like really bother you yeah um fitness not so much because i've been on and off mm-hmm. of the gym um me too girl oh it's so hard right now but um journaling has been very helpful and just like taking a second I, when i get home i like to like majority of the time i like to just take a minute and just sit mm-hmm. and just like collect my thoughts before i like continue my day because sometimes you just need to check in with yourself mm-hmm. so those two steps so far have been helping me i do want to get back into the gym though because the gym is like was like number one to making me feel like giving me that confidence that i needed uh do you have any regrets about this journey or if you could have something different earlier on like what would it be um and the answer could be no i mean yes and no because i'm i'm trying hard not to regret because it's not good to have like regret in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's like all poison. So even though I am a regretful person, I do tend to regret a lot. Um, it just weighs heavy on your heart. Um, no, you know what? I'm gonna say no because I feel like right now, today, I'm in a place where. I'm feeling like I'm about to take a turn, Mm -hmm. a sharp turn somewhere, and it's going to just, like, flourish. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I I needed to go through a lot of the things that I've been going through in order to get to a point where I'm just like, you know what, I'm fed up with this, and I'm just going to get up, and I'm going to start doing things the way that I've always wanted to do it, and I'm starting to feel that way, and I'm starting to feel comfortable. I mean, again, TMI, like, yesterday, I randomly bought a pole. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and just installed it because in college I remember it used to make me happy to go to pole fitness classes yeah yeah I remember and I used to go like religiously yeah so finally I was like I want to do something that puts a smile on my face and I bought a pole yeah 
Eller, eller har Garoppo där hemma. Ja, sen ska jag Amazon länka på den show notes. Well do. Raymond don't have no ideas. <laughs> don't have no ideas on that. Oh, now we're all dying. Okay. I'll eventually edit out this 16 minutes of left. Um, but I wanted to ask you uh, if you had any advice mm-hmm. for listeners who may be on the fence about going into therapy, about acknowledging the status of their mental health, like any tips, like where to get started? Like, what's up? I would, would yes. So if you're interested in therapy, um, two main avenues for you to use. One, you can go to your primary care provider and ask them um, for their services. Or second one, you can go to as I mentioned several times already. I not you know shameless plug. I don't <laughs> psychology today. You go to psychologytoday.com and like I mentioned, I did it by filtering my insurance, mm-hmm. and then I found about four or five people that fit kind of the mold of what I was looking for, the type of therapy because there's also different types of therapy. Um, and so then. Um, that's another thank you. That's another option for you. But if therapy is not for you, because therapy isn't for everyone, mm-hmm. uh, meditation is very important. I want to try getting into like a, a meditation class soon to see if that would help me like turn off my thoughts because I think I think a lot. Yeah. Um, and fitness is always good because, like I said, that releases a lot of endorphins and just doing what makes you happy. Therapy isn't the end all for everyone. Mm-hmm. You could just have a friend that you feel very comfortable venting to. Um, but if you are into interested in therapy, just know that that's somebody that you can talk to that is you're paying, <laughs> and they're like a third party. They're looking from the outside in. Yeah. So just know that there is zero judgment there, and it's a safe, a hundred percent safe space where you can just be you, and it's just you and them. And when you leave. It's like nobody needs to know that you were there. It's not like you have to share that information. I just always felt like if I shared my experience, then some that'll help somebody. That's beautifully said. Kind of not even shifting gears, but yeah. I wanted to talk about the glow up and how would yeah. you define a glow up? And maybe if you have one or two glow up tip for the listeners, I feel like almost that can go hand in hand with all the tips on how to get started with your mental health wellness. Um, but. I'll let you kind of see what you have to offer. So for one, be happy. Find what makes you happy and do it to like the hundredth degree. Like don't let anybody stop you from doing what makes you happy. Because at the end of the day, that's what every single person on this planet wants. So be happy and have a purpose. So don't let anyone stop you. Second, I don't think... Second, I would just be like, make sure that you, you're taking care of, again, for Mental Health Awareness Month, like you're taking care of your body, mind, and soul. Mm-hmm. Every bit of you is just as important as the other. Like, yeah, you want to you wanna get summer ready, cool. That's like your body isn't, you need to make sure that your mental is, is good to go because you can work out all you want, you can study all you want, you can work all you want, but if you are deteriorating, in the mind, mm-hmm. it will do you no justice in any other area of your life. So you need to make sure that you have a, a balance with everything. So I, mm-hmm. those two tips. I like that. And how would you define a glow up just in general? Oh, girl. <laughs> out of all the questions you asked me, for some <laughs> reason, this is the hardest one. Um, 
Mm, living life to the best of your ability. Living life to the best of your ability, no. I guess. No, Just if good, you're putting yeah. in your best effort every day, you're glowing up each and every day. I like that. And I, I like that about the kind of term glow up. Like, you can literally just keep glowing up. Like, exactly. it just literally keeps on coming. Yes. So, I do like that. And I'm wondering, do you think or believe that therapy has been a component of your glow up? Or kind of, like you said, therapy is not always the one-all, be-all answer. But kind of just being self-aware and... Um, really present and what makes you comfortable and uncomfortable and what triggers your anxiety and what doesn't do you believe that like all that awareness and you know being able to express yourself has been a part of your glow up um and if not that what has been yes i do believe that it has because um like i said now i'm aware of what makes me anxious Mm -hmm. so for example some of the questions you ask me make me anxious and i was able to take a couple deep breaths wait for you to finish it asking the question and then try to muster up an answer like right now um um, yeah just being aware i would say just just knowing what's going on and and being able to put my finger on it and name it okay i'm feeling anxious right now because that question makes me uncomfortable it's okay Mm -hmm. you're not being chased you're not gonna get hurt like, this is just a physical reaction to yeah. something that's happening. Like, you're fine. It's yeah. like your fight or, fight or flight. The fight or flight, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that kind of wraps up our, like, all the anxiety-ridden questions. <laughs> yes. um, you literally slayed this interview in 37 minutes. Um, but I was wondering, did you listen to the new Romeo album? Don't hate me. No, I didn't. <gasps> Girl, I was going to ask you what your favorite song is. <laughs> sorry. Girl, what are you listening oh. to? Um, Rap. Yes, the radio where you used to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I have to save this question for someone else. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, yeah, is there anything else you wanted to share or talk about today? Just thank you. And um, I'm appreciative of being given a platform to voice out some important things that people need to um, take into consideration into their everyday life. Yeah. So thank you. No, thank you so much for coming. Uh, so with summer coming up, do you have any fun plans? We may be going on a road trip to California. Oh, that is a very so. widespread <laughs> journey. <laughs> but that's really fun. Yes, I, we decided that I'm not going to work this summer. Okay. And he has a low work load this summer. So mm-hmm. we haven't really, we've been together for five plus, a little over five years. And we haven't traveled together. Mm-hmm. And a road trip sounds nice. Yeah, because um, you can see a lot under one mm-hmm. quote-unquote trip. Exactly. It'll be one trip. So why not? No, that's East so fun. <laughs> yeah, make a lot of pit stops on the way. Um, and make sure you post them all because I like to stalk people on trips. <laughs> um, and where can people follow you online? You can follow me on Instagram on Rika S-P. That's R-I-C-A-S-P-E-A. Um, I'm not putting my Snapchat out there, but you can follow me on Instagram. Feel free to go there. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, go ahead and follow Erica. Erica, again, thank you so much for coming in. This is literally the shortest, most effective interview I've ever done. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for coming in. (laughs) Thank you. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Stop, Drop, and Glow podcast. Please be sure to share this episode with your friends and your loved ones. And don't forget to show some love by dropping a review and subscribing. Please find us on Instagram at Stop, Drop, and Glow podcast. See you next time. And remember, honey, the glow up is always real.